listening to the Confessions of a Clairvoyant Housewife podcast. From marriage to menopause and margaritas, nothing is off the table. This is Cindy Goldenberg. Hi, it's Cindy Goldenberg, and today I'm going to talk with Krista Garner in part two of Behind the Scenes of Stalked by a Ghost, the TV show that I did in 2013. We're going to talk about boundaries and earthbounds. It's not only interesting, it's a little spooky, but very entertaining. <laughs> I, I feel like a technological genius. How are you, my dear? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. I've been looking forward to this all week long. Yeah, you know? me too. Me too. Yeah, I know. It just seems like we did it yesterday. Time flies, right? <laughs> so how are you doing in uh, L.A. during uh, semi-quarantine? Are you able to get out a little bit and move around? Well, you know, um, I haven't really been going out, you know, lately. Um, but, you know, I'll be honest with you, okay, when it comes to, to stuff like this. A lot of people aren't wearing masks and I do not, I don't ever want to tell anybody what to do, you know, and it's not my place, but I will say there's a lot of angry people out there that if you do not wear a mask, um, my mom witnessed somebody get beat up the other day <gasps> in the parking yeah. lot. And so, you know, I just try to, if I got to do what I got to do, I go run to the store, I go do stuff with my mom, you know, other than that, I'm not like really out there. We go for a hike and we'll go to the beach, but in terms of like being really, really out there, I, I don't want to do that because I don't want any problems. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I get that. You know, my son is in L.A. And L.A. is like saying Nebraska. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think the whole state of Nebraska and Wyoming or whatever is the same. But uh, L.A. is pretty spread out. But on the whole, there's it's very different from the suburbs and the, and the Orange County and I have a cousin in Temecula, and it's a lot more social distancing suburb, but it's okay. And if you want to wear a mask, but if you want to go on a hike here in Miami, it's mandatory. It's hot wow. and it's humid and I wear them and, you know, whether you're walking your dog or going out and I always slide it down here because I have to breathe, but then, you know, you have to wear it everywhere else, but going to a restaurant you can take it off but it's just now become the norm so you're yeah. we're bookending the country i think new york too but i think we're worse miami dade and la county we're both neck and neck so we gotta just go by the protocol but anyway it's good to see you so krista we had a good time talking about what it was like to be on stock by a ghost but for yes. people that Maybe you didn't listen to the first one. Can you give, um, first of all, tell me what you do. And uh, because I just say radio personality, but I was trying to write a little bio for the podcast portion. And I know that you're, um, can be reached and contacted at KristaGarner.com. But yes. tell me that what your interest is and that you do music and that you've also done producing and you've worked with different um, clients, celebrities, musicians, et cetera. Yeah. So um, when, when I got out of college, I wanted to go into radio. Initially, I wanted to be a therapist. But I took a class and it was abnormal psychology. And I wanted to work in a detention center with, you know, young kids. 
And when I um, went on this field trip, I was like, yeah, there's no way I could do it because I started crying and everybody I wanted to take home with me and everybody was right. sent and how dare they, <laughs> how dare they lock these poor kids up, come with me. And I realized, in fact, my counselor said, this is not for you. There's just no way you have to be thick skinned. So I, I always wanted to be in radio. So I was very lucky enough to get into radio and the way it worked was I was at the right place at the right time and I was basically hired over the phone and so there went my career and I've been in radio since the 90s but it's changed considerably you know um 2019 was the last year I had a full-time job in radio it's just really bad and with this epidemic going around everything just changed Stop everybody's now. doing podcasting that's how people are making the money so right now I have uh, three, basically three part-time jobs, very part-time, but one job that I have is I uh, voice track for a, a show um, that's heard out of Fresno and it's, it's a KKDJ, it's a classic rock station. So I voice track out and I voice track from home and send my show over there. And then I have my own little thing on um, Spotify, which is, um, Middays with Krista show where I play my own music because I love music. That's what grounds me. Yeah, that's the only thing that calms me when I'm in a bad mood. I'm very depressed or upset. I have to listen to my 80s, my 70s, 80s, and 90s music that I feel better in my. Amen. I was the dancing queen. (laughs) (laughs) No, I always, I, I knew that about you, and I knew that like when I met you too on doing the show, and like I mentioned before. You were the last uh, episode to film, and even though on the actual TV editing it shows two different people in a half-hour show or hour show, right? I can't even remember, but it, we would take all day to film, and, you know, 90% you don't see, and then they edit it and everything. But I remember being like, you know, I got a day off in between to recoup, and it wasn't hard. It was joyous, but doing the work in the summer... And filming anything, there's no air conditioning, and then trying to elevate and feel things. I'm like, Ugh. you know. Yeah, so yeah. when we came to you, and I said, what, what, you know, and then somebody said, oh yeah, she does radio, and I said, oh, I could tell you're just, you know, besides being there for what I was there, you're so bubbly and you sound good and you have a good voice and you have good energy and all those things. So it made sense, and I I remembered that, and I thought, no wonder I'm attracted to you. Outside of just hi hello doing the show, it's like you have a wonderful personality. So thank you sense. so much. Yeah, because I I always love radio. This is the thing because we kind of touched on this a little bit last like last episode. But I've been in radio since the nineties. Have I gotten where I've wanted to go? Absolutely not. I'm nowhere near where I've wanted to go. I feel blessed to continue to be in the industry, but it's been challenging. And I think you know waiting it out like all these years for finally my turn and it never came thank goodness that we have you know we can do things on our own i love technology but i hate it at the same time but the thing i love right. about you know but the thing i love about it is you don't you don't want to take me seriously then you know maybe somebody else will so i created stuff for my my own self you know what i right. mean i was always yeah. i was always a producer and always, you know, handling everybody else's shows, which was great. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. But I wanted my own show, my own way. And nobody took right. me seriously. And that's what's frustrating as a woman 
and I hate to say this because please understand, I don't mean it the way it sounds, but as a minority woman, the things that I have faced being the token in some of these places. I get it. I don't, I'm not urban, so I'm not a threat. Do you know what I mean? So I believe yeah, that. And so I explained to my daughter, cause she's like, oh, you're racist. I said, no, I'm not. I'm no, you're telling the honest I'm truth. You, you're you're yeah. navigating like being a woman of the 70s, you know, like, ooh, nice ass. You know, it's like, that's what it was like. Like, oh, really? Uh, a showgirl and you're going to go to law school? Who's going to listen to you? You know, right. exactly. Exactly. yeah, right. it's the same thing. All those little nuances. But yeah, I, I want to put a comma in that because that's what I wanted to dwell on again today is a, about we as women becoming, you know, late 40s, 50s, I'm in my early 60s. <laughs> yeah. But it's like we have careers and etc. Or we have choices or we have family. But we're at a time and an age where we are, unfortunately, but we got to kind of do it, we have to invite the doubt and the what did we do wrong? And could we have done something yes. better? But at right. the same time, logically, we know, no, we're very good at all these things, but we're trying to balance the thought and the patterns that in the society of where we fit in. And at the same time, we're recreating new and that is happening globally in a very ethereal, nuanced way in a violet light. But I'll talk about that later. I mean, we are really being redirected to become more conscious, but at the same time, we're becoming the people who are already when I say not like bad, oh, you're so emotional. You know, when we say like you're emotional or to a guy, even Chris Cuomo the other night said something like, we're so raised to be tough as guys and men in denial. But no, your emotions are being peaked, whether you're in menopause or whether you're in a man. It is 2020 and they are being heightened and you are more vulnerable. You're more open. You're more defensive. You're more um, bitchy, hurt, sensitive. All these things are happening so they can diffuse and let go but at the same time we as women have to be conscious of new choices and that's what I and we will continue this but that's how I wanted to bridge it because yes we met on this little um little what I mean is like a cable tv whatever but you know there's a following for the paranormal and these guys did Duck Dynasty and Celebrity Ghost Hunter and so they're very successful reality tv but it was um a summer and it was um validating to have on your resume that you did tv and because of that it gave me the courage to write and pitch many many shows I didn't get them sold but it, you know I had an Anyway, the same thing. You're like, you're glad things happened, but it didn't turn out the way you, you intended right. it. But exactly. back to the quote, stalked by a ghost show, everything like what I study in metaphysics and what I'm now learning now more in um, psychological, um, you know, self-help books like about codependence is it's all about boundaries. And I've always known that word, but now it makes more sense. So um, what we're learning is to create new boundaries, not with other people coming in or how we're treated, but how we're, we have to redefine how our method, not compared to anyone else, maybe you and I, because we're similar and we're women and we're blue auras, which were very nurturing people or teachers or care caregivers, but we have to learn to redefine ourselves and 
contrast to other people and create and allow ourselves to create and define and expect and say and write and intend different outcomes. And so that's what I feel like we're learning in this time of our life. And that's what you had to do when I met you doing this ghost show, because whether it's a ghost or whether it's a person you work with, you don't have to be dead to have a toxic, low-life energy. And people who are earthbound are just out of their body and not into the light because they're mad or they're frustrated. And not everybody's spooky. You can have people that just worry or whatever, but there is an earthbound denseness, and we're earthbound. So that denseness and that toxicity and that negativity is always here, but at the same time, it's the light. You know, it's the light and the dark. Not evil and not good, but just the yin and the yang. But what, you know, when I met you, what it was is every episode or every person we film, everyone was extremely empathic, sensitive, sensitive as a child. Intuitive doesn't mean just touchy-feely, invisible. It means knowing of the light, angelic all those other things, and then trying to navigate a world that isn't, oh, fuck you, oh, you're this, oh, you're fat, oh, you're black, oh, you're that, oh, you're trying to be young, or you're, you know, all those kind of contrasting things. And then every person in the show, like I had said before, had either um, uh, impending death in the immediate family or their nurturing Uh, a family member, be it dementia or confusion or just their toxic patterns or um, actual mental disorder like schizophrenia or their own kind of borderline sensitivity and things that they never got um, nurtured for. So everybody had this common arc and you did too. And what I've saw in that is just that We're so giving, and I put myself into that category as well. We're giving, we're codependent. It's not a bad word. It's how we were raised. But it also, because of our caring and then caring for people who have passed on, we kind of just open the door too much. And and we are attracting people alive with earthbound negative energy or earthbounds around them and earthbounds. So everybody had that in common. So yeah. saying that, let's go to the beginning and you reiterate and retell your story, how you auditioned and what happened and how you got on the show. Right. So um, like like I had said last week, I've, I really do feel that I was, I was always able to kind of like feel stuff as a child, like we had discussed that. So I knew these things were real, but a lot of people that I know don't really believe in that stuff. But I knew that there there was definitely spirits. I believe there's angels. I believe there's a lot of different entities or I don't know the right words, you know, around us. So um, I had a bad experience at one of my homes and it scared the crap out of me because it was it looked like an actual person. I saw it and it told me it was going to kill me. And I was like taken aback because I didn't understand. I mean, I, I was so confused, like why, you know, it, it just came out of nowhere, you know, and it was just so odd and different things would happen in this particular house. So we moved 
Then we moved to a different location and things started getting a little bit more intense where, you know, I would hear things when I was in the shower, keys would go missing. My, I collect a lot of stuffed animals. I have a all bunch of stuffed animals. And I, I go to Build-A-Bear and I buy the clothes for them. And so the bottom parts would be taken off. And it's like, what's going on here? I hear mm. knocks at the door, the doorbell ringing. And nobody really believed me. Like my, my, my boyfriend that I've been with for 15 years, he was like, I don't know until he was right there when the doorbell rang and nobody was at the door, nobody. And there's no way that could happen because where I lived at the time, you had to get into it, you had, there was a gate, there was only two townhouses in the back, the people next to me, they were in their 70s, they were elderly, they were ill. They're not gonna ring the doorbell. No, you, you really had a lot of paranormal stuff happening, you know, like. Yes keys moving and the Build-A-Bear, your child's little toys and your things that you get together. And then you said like you'd come in and the clothes would be off and then you'd go in the kitchen then they'd be on. I think, oh, that would, that would be very disconcerting. It was and yes, you did. At the, you know, cause I, I was, I was worried that it was my daughter's father who passed away. And I was like, is he trying to tell me something? Is he trying to, I mean, what's going on? I didn't know what it right. was. Or I also believed that you could put yourself in somebody's home that has a bunch of evil spirits. I always believe this. And some evil entity could attach itself to you. So I thought maybe I was, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, is it, is it him? Am I possessed with something? No, but Am you I, were, yeah, you were definitely, you were definitely at your wits end like everybody I visited. You know? <laughs> I, I get it. And, it. and it would be, it would make me very shaky and disconcerting too. And, you know, frankly, I mean, I had done, uh, you know, I lived uh, prior to L.A. in Orange County and Laguna Beach. And, you know, it's very normal. Every other, you know, gift store, be it a expensive designer handbag, it has a crystal in it. And uh, here, wear something to clear your chakras. You know, like, join the club. It's in the ocean. It's in the air. We all do this. You know, it's kind of a yoga, whatever. But in L.A., too, you know, there, there, there's a lot of tolerance and belief. But when it gets into ghosts, it turns into, like, evil, possession, exorcism, devils, and everything else. And I'm like, ho, 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 whoa, let's just bring it down and let's just look at the story. Let's just look at the intentions and let's look at everything. And like I said, you know, when I met you, the producer would ask uh, what's going on and I would feel right away the entire story, but I couldn't just say it and then go in and meet you. I had to follow a protocol, stand on a marker and then move the camera and then go in and meet you and everything. But with you, it was the last time and he said, I'll let you talk more first. And right away I walked in and I said, I felt like there's a loved one with you. And I think I said his name and I said, you know, someone that I don't know if I said husband or not. And I know later on I said things that you were very accurate about. But I don't usually just do mediumship and people. I mean, I do because it's comforting. But that's not my forte. My forte is to kind of look at the big painting and let's just invite anything tragic or evil. Because it's not really evil. It's pain. Hell is pain. I had a dog die. I'm in hell. I just put my doggy down. You know, someone hurts my feelings. That feels hellish. Uh, you lose work. You're criticized. You're divorced. You lose somebody. You lost your husband. That's hell. But boogie, I can get you. No one can get gotten, but they think they can. And if you want to think you can, you can experience it. But anyway, besides the point, your husband died 
through a head injury, went through the windshield, and I could feel that. And the earthbound was a gang member who was killed by a baseball bat, and he had a head injury. So he felt in you, that was your link, that you, hello, you, you understand me because you understand what it's like to to nurture or love or care about somebody with a head injury, so will you care for me? But it wasn't polite. Instead, he's in, he's dead and doesn't know it, or he knows it, or he's not, he's purgatory, whatever, but he's mad and frustrated saying, I could kill you, but he's not saying that at you, to you. You happen to be there because you're open and loving and your husband that you had was there. And then he's at the same time saying, I could kill you to the person who killed him. So until we went through the whole thing of feeling his story, and he was very obnoxious. And like we talked about, I told him, you know, like, shut up, I'm working here. Because I never really came in a house and talked to each, like, who's the ghost and these ghost shows. They make me laugh because I just like, it's like going in a mansion. Let's go look for cockroaches in the basement. And let's go look for, for some rats in the garden. It's like, <laughs> come on, you know, like, I don't know. I get it. It's entertainment, but I, I shouldn't say that. They employed me, but <laughs> it, you know what I'm saying? But the point was there was an explanation. Can I just, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. I want to ask you something that I've been meaning to ask you. And since it's on my mind, was he young? That's what I was always curious about. And I always forgot to ask you because um, Sarah's dad, my, my daughter's dad who passed away, he died at 21. He had barely turned 21. And it was because of a result of a car accident that we were in. You know, he died about a month later. But I always wondered, was this person who was trying to get my attention when he was beat up, the, the gang member, was he a young one? I always meant to ask you. He, uh, I just hear 28. I feel like he was uh, like 28. I was just kind of curious. Yeah, you know? no, because there are, there's just funny little similarities. You know, I've done just sidebar readings with someone and I'll go, oh, I feel like there's little, um, what do you call them? Like uterine fibroids or something and and then I'll just feel you know like I throw that out with something like oh you went and bought a new pair of shoes in your career so I don't want to sound like a psychic with a coin and you know you just find I, you know I, I do profound things but also the little fun things come up and then I said you know what actually yeah they're little fibroids but what they are is little patterns that are showing up in that that are in your mother and grandmother and you know and again I could I could always see these links and so yeah. in doing readings or ghosts or reasons or why is someone or why am I in pain or why am I frustrated or why am I spooked or what's in here, there's a link. There's always a little link and it doesn't mean anything what we think it is. And once it's logical, it kind of doesn't mean you didn't get scared, deservedly so. But to me, once I don't ask the person what happened, I ask his higher self or angels or God or whatever you want to call. I just mentally say a prayer and go, what happened for the highest good? What is it that can be healed? And like I told you, there was always a loving entity soul that made this whole thing happen in each and every instance. And it, this one was your husband that you had. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so once we did that, that was that explanation. That's what you saw on the show. But what you didn't see on the show, and you said like when you were young, and I said too, that, you know, we've seen things and felt things. You're very um, compassionate 
And if you want to call codependent, like it doesn't mean addiction and you're with someone that treats you like shit. There's so many little nuances. And I just love this book, Codependent No More. It's a classic because it just talks about like you don't have anything. You're growing up and you have a necessity to protect yourself. And it just says, and once you realize that for whatever reason, your parent is either in pain or it could be alcoholism or something. But even if they are just frustrated or angry, we learn as quiet, sensitive children to be good and obedient. And in that nanosecond, what we're doing is, what would you like? I'm at your service. And that just is the seed that grows into the huge tree of, I'm never first. And I don't want to be. And I don't need to be because I'm so good at this. I'm so good. Look at all the things I've accomplished. And look how I took care of you and found money out of the air. And I look how I do this. And look, and all of it's good. I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying we're looking at it. But that kind of thing is the root of motherhood and, and taking care of an elderly parent. I get it. But then as we look at ourselves where we don't know any other language and you are caring for a mother and when she walked in your house I could feel dozens of earthbound like not evil but disconcerting or kind of like people that talk to themselves on the street they don't they can't help it but just kind of people that are Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Because whatever she had in her life, which was like my parents growing up in the depression. I mean, I'm a little, I'm older than you, but you know, it's like they had rough lives. And so they yeah. carry these patterns or their anger or bitter and you better work hard and you better do this. And we love our parents, but they, my dad used to go, when you step in shit, it stinks. And I thought, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know, Texas saying like, what? That's hilarious. Like, I love that. But he did all the time. Or a self-sabotage and all the anger that he had and the violence and then growing up and him finally going to AA, I realized he sabotaged anything good, including the love from his daughter or his wife or whatever else, because it's part of the disorder. <laughs> you know, it's like when we talk about a disorder. So I'm not saying like your mom had a disorder, but in a way... You were taught not to have a boundary externally saying right. be available. Right. Again, not right or wrong. Let's just look at how we get dressed. If we get like dressed and don't wear sunscreen, that's going to get red. It, that's it. If we can just detach from the emotion and judgment and just look at it and go, okay, so what you're saying is, hi, I'm available. Hi, I'm compassionate. Hi, I put other people first. All good because you accomplished a thousand million things. Academy Awards, stellar life. But hi, I'm available and I will be at your service before me. Period. Just that little nuance recognition could have been the invitation to say, come in and I'll take care of your worries. And including the earthbound and including anybody in life. So going back to what we were talking about, how does this segue into our lives? You have a choice. You can acknowledge it. And that's what I was looking at. The one little um, line that I bookmarked, it says, 
we've been doing the wrong things for the right reasons. Can we change? Can we learn healthier behaviors? I don't know if mental, spiritual, and emotional health can be taught, but all we can do is we can be inspired and encouraged. And what I've learned is just to acknowledge it, like a little pen that I'm going to carry in my purse or a dime in my pocket. I don't have to master it. There's so much more in space than just getting a PhD in what I just said. All I have to do is go, I'm that. I'm quietly in the middle of the night want to help you like what you did. Like I thought about getting a PhD in psychology, but I hear stuff. I start hearing voices and stories and <laughs> and it has nothing to do. And I can study. I mean, I didn't finish law school, but I know how to read and write and I'm a writer, but you know, I couldn't do it because it was yeah. so loud. And I thought, no, it's because of this and this and this, or this one girl, you know, like her dad stands over her smokes and she was very heavy. And I thought you were abused and he's still here so you know it's kind of like I can't turn it off but it was the truth but if you don't want to hear it I'm not going to tell you but anyway back to us so I am this thing it is my nature I don't know any other language and now I'm going to say I don't know any other language I only know how to write with a pen with my right hand but I can try to draw with a crayon in my left and I can be conscious that the crayon exists that there's another option and all I can do is recognize it bless it, forgive myself for thinking it was a bad thing, but I'm going to accept it and own it and cherish it and fuck you, anybody that calls me a name. Right. (laughs) But now I'm going to say, you know, now you and I look at other people in our life, no matter how successful or not, and we go, why aren't we where we are? What were the people in the relationships or partnerships or business and you'd get really far and really good. And then you kind of knew, well, they were abused. Or with me knowing them maybe as a client first, they were this or they were that. It's okay. I'm used to it. We'll take the upper road. But now that I'm reading borderline and other things and disorders, it's not the person. It's the disorder. I'm constantly dealing with a disorder or a dementia or a thought or a pattern or whatever it is. And I can't fix it. But what I'm more doing that I'm not comfortable with saying this out loud. So I'm looking at me and I'm looking at you while I'm talking. Is I've got to eat this. That this is my nature that I want to help. But I, I have to, thank you God, help me. Put this aside and say no and tell the inner critic it's okay. You know, oh, you should feel bad. You should help your mother. You should do that. And just tell yourself No, I'm no longer available for targeting. My love is my love is unconditional. The target all gone. And so as I saw that, yeah, I dissolved relationships and it I didn't just go, Oh, that was fucking easy. No, I threw up and I cried and I mourned like a girlfriend, you know. I mean I'm married, it doesn't mean girlfriend, you know relationship doesn't have to be romance it just means people that you love and admire and they disappoint you and then you go to work and then you find people that and they still do the universe is as you expand in your light you're going to turn around and get you know blindsided but tell me now that I've rambled and kind of brought that up and I don't and I want to tell anybody listening just because you're like this and most people are because the people who aren't are inauthentic 
and they are not being their true self and they are defensive and cruel and uh, manipulative out of their own defenses because they are sick and they are toxic and they were created that way, most likely, yeah. not born that way. Right. So if you look at somebody like, you know, autistic or retarded or whatever, or, you know, diabetic, it's just like, you know, they weren't, they, it, 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 it's a condition and you can separate it. But you have to look at yourself and go, now, what are, what's my new language and what's new choices? But just because I'm like this doesn't mean, you know, like, oh, there's going to be an earthbound ghost around you. But if you're a sensitive person, you're going to feel things and you can feel energy in a house. And at any time, in any place, and what you did and what I told you to do is just say, I'm done. I'm here. And I, I, I you know, and just make a boundary or say out loud, I'm done or whatever. You know, I don't know what I said on the show and they made it kind of, somebody wrote a review once and they said, that's so lame. You say like two words. And I thought, sweetheart, you weren't there. I right. talk, I talk a lot and it took a long time, like 20 minutes to really bless the house or whatever. But what it is, is the intention is you're making a boundary. What's that mean? It means I'm worth it. What's that mean? It means I come first. It means because of you, I have to think of me first. So if we can look at the situation and not just go, oh, I don't want to be called codependent. It's like, I don't know anything else. I can't yeah. speak Spanish. I can hear a little bit, but I only know one language. But it's not a bad thing. But now what does it mean for me? It means every friendship I had, they were who you just described. The kid, right. the kid growing right. up, the foster kid, the abused, the this, the that. And now I look and go, well, you don't have any friends, but I'll be your friend. <laughs> you know, so it doesn't mean that we weren't, wouldn't be successful anyway. But what our lesson is now is that success means not carrying anyone's burden or toxicity or being available. And we make that our priority. And then the money comes and then the opportunity comes. So money is just energy. But the energy is whatever I am doing, I'm lovingly and you're helping me welcome it dissecting all the roots and pulling them out and you forgive I forgive myself for thinking I had to be this way or it was good I now see it's ineffective and we can do little ceremonies and pull them out but tell me going back to the show like after I left what you did you took down some you know porcelain little crosses down and different things in your house and then you thought differently and and that's how you moved on. So explain all that. Well, yes, because after you left, because you gave me some suggestions about, you know, um, bring in, because I had a bunch of decorations that were like the plastic flowers. They weren't real, like the silk flowers and some of the plastic flowers that I put. Um, I also had um, like what I would call, um, it was like a shrine, a very, because I am a very um, spiritual and religious person. But I had angels every single where in the house, all pictures and crosses all over. Well, when we moved from that location to this new location, a lot of that stuff ended up getting thrown either in the trash or donated because I always remembered you told me bring in fresh flowers, which I always do. I have fresh flowers all the time. I don't have the plastic stuff. And um, I, I like certain pictures, but I really 
cut down like 75% on the pictures that I had when you, when you came over, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm not so, saying like to tell people get rid of crosses or anything like that, because I used to collect quantity and everything and have, I, I like little shrines and, you know, and I've moved a lot and you, you kind of get rid of things as you move. But in your case, it was your thought that the more I have, the more protected I am. Yeah. And, and for you, your angels, your guides, your husband, your higher team said, you don't need to think something else is protecting you. You don't need protecting ever because yeah. that's a given like breathing. That's just a given, but you, you right. need to practice understanding it's all in you and you just decide it's, I don't need this. And that, that's well, yeah, how see, I felt it. Well, for me, um, it's like every time I went to a store or every time I went to like the church and then there's a store that's attached to the church where you buy stuff, I had to buy more and more and more. So it right. went from one area to the whole entire living room. That's basically what happened. I had one right. area. I can relate. <laughs> and then, and then the whole entire living room looked like the Catholic church. You know what I mean? It was, it ended up being so extreme, but after you left, I mean, I felt a, 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 a large sense of peace okay so you leave and then you know my daughter and i and boyfriend you know we're all talking about it you feel better blah 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 everything's great and then in the evening time is when my whole entire um closet completely collapsed and i was like what is that noise the whole thing went boom and so i'm like oh my gosh what happened it, it was just like it, i can't even explain it it was like somebody took you know, like a bulldozer and like hit like the wall or something, everything collapsed on my clothes, the shelves, it just went down. And I'm like, how could that happen? Does it make any sense? That's been up there for years. And all of a sudden it collapsed. And I took it like, wow, you know what it was? It was spirit saying, I'm leaving you alone now. Okay, so what you were saying is that was very, very loud. And, and my theory yeah. is, the inner the energy that kept him there, which was your subconscious uh, welcome mat to say you can bring your worries to me and your anger and frustrations, like I do to members of my family and friends and coworkers. I'm not doing this anymore, so that energy isn't available. So you got to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was perfect, you know, and then. Everything's been peaceful ever since. Everything's been great. So I haven't had any problems. You know, we, we moved from the other location, not because we wanted to. It's just, you know, things were just getting so ridiculously expensive. We just had to move. I mean, I would just right. there. Yeah, could, yeah. You know? No, I get it. You live in L.A. But now talk about how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but talk about how. So what we're talking about is ways of finding. um boundaries in our life and and being and and identifying the little nuances of subconscious thought of how we attract I don't want to say toxic people I don't think I think we're intuitive enough and older enough and seasoned enough to go don't fuck with me or I get it or you know or whatever else the big things we can identify but how do you you know, as a sensitive, beautiful, lovely woman and a mother and a daughter taking care of other people, it's hard to disassociate. I mean, you can recognize the urge and the will to want to help people, 
but then it's hard to be what we're supposed to be like God made us this way. And I've always said, you know, self-worth, your chub, your saggy boobs, everything. Just say, thank you. It gave me my children. It gave my body brought me to here and, and not to deprecate. But at the same time, if you made me this way and I'm sensitive, then when I'm sensitive and I go to work, boom, something happens. Yeah. How do right. you tell me some instances and how do you handle it? How well, does it see, make you feel? I, I, the thing is, is it, it's really hard to handle. I think that for me personally, I've, especially in the workplace, I am nice, but I've become pretty bitter. I'm not going to lie. And a, a lot of it is when I was my true self, I was told you cannot be your true self. You cannot be sensitive here in this industry. You cannot cry. You have to take it. So mm -hmm. when it when it would go to work, um, I, I had been insulted. I can't even tell you how many times I'd been called the N-word. I When I was mm. pregnant, oh my gosh, when I was pregnant, this is like the worst story ever. Two weeks before I was supposed to give birth to my daughter, I had a, a an employee there that had a drug problem corner me. He called me every ethnic name, I'm sorry, in the book. And, he cornered uh, you, yeah. He basically said, I'm going to beat you up. Yeah, he said, I'm going to beat you up. And... I mean, I was, I was just like, I can't believe that this is going on. So I was basically told you have to deal with it because nothing's going to change. You're a woman, nothing's going to change. So I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be very honest with you. In the workplace, I'm nice, I'm cordial, but just leave me alone. You keep your distance, I will keep my distance. But everybody knows me two ways. Either she's really nice or she's nice, but she can be a bitch. And excuse my language. Yeah, so oh, please. Yeah, no, but yeah. It, it's kind of like what your message is, is you're not allowed to be yourself. So you were probably raised inadvertently not being able to express yourself or not being no, able right. to, you know, I mean, I was loved. I, 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 you know, if I had to say like, oh, wait a minute, you know, even though I had issues and doesn't every parent bring home guns and have gunfights? <laughs> Right. You know, what the fuck? <laughs> really? You know, like, oh, okay. You know, but you, you go, well, but I'm not allowed to say that's not okay. Or I don't like you like that, dad, or I don't like this or, you know, so we learn at a young age, we don't have a voice. So it isn't bad. It's just another thing to say, mm, you know, go with the flow and create something new. So, you know, to promulgate it into adulthood, we have to learn that, okay, this is our self and our natural self, but it's not worthy enough or we can't expose it in order to be successful or to do something correctly. So we learn to, you know, make a divide. And then as we get, um, I don't want to say older, seasoned, more reflective, or we're just inviting perspectives without judgment. There's no judgment. I mean, I've always had workshops or things. And if you judge, anybody judge, go. You're not welcome. Because like I said previously, when we talked about all the different ghost stuff, and you said I always felt crazy. I couldn't tell people. And I thought, uh-uh. I've had so many workshops, even in my home and, you know, and I've gone places. And I think this is the place to share dreams, ideas, fears, or questions because... It's normal and everybody, I don't care if you're a bank president or a doctor or nurse. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many doctors I've done. <laughs> yeah. 
They all want to know what, 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 what. <laughs> but anyway, back to what we're saying. So that little idea of not being allowed to be yourself, can you see that pattern going in to like, it's so nuanced and you're so used to it. The one thing of like, okay, I'm not going to have an earthbound ghost anymore because I'm not going to be available and I can see the association and I can love my husband and, and I know in truth he's in heaven and I can talk to heaven, but I know how to boom, boom, you know, like go in one direction or the other. But as far as all the little nuances, it's like what's missing from this picture? I don't like to look in the mirror and go, well, you made your choices. I don't like that. I don't like people that teach that. I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like it. Why? Because I go back to what I know and what I do is I see aura, energy, and feel it. It's another story, how it happened, whatever. We're all capable. Some of us feel it, whatever. But this is my thing. I can sense it. And when you can bring up the same subject in a worth way of like, thank God you can feel this way. And thank God you're sensitive because your sensitivity can feel heaven. And you're alive and you don't have to be dead to feel it. And thank God you are sensitive because you are compassionate. And thank God you are all these things because you are a role model for your mother. But the other things that you learned, you know, like if you even tell yourself or talk to yourself or turn around and say, anybody, you know, dead or alive who's judging me, knock it the fuck off. The boundary is here. I am learning to see myself in another way besides this. Because I'm not just this. I'm something else. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm something else. And if we can just open that up and lean into that space through ceremony, through writing, through journaling, or through saying an affirmation, and you can change it every day and just say it is safe for me to put myself first. But in order to do those things, we have to see the people who piss us off. And then we go, okay, obviously, obviously I haven't made my point loud enough. Right. Or I'm going to go to work and you're going to not hire me. Okay. Obviously I haven't declared loud enough. So we have to use our disappointment and our hurt and our sensitivity and say, you know, F you all. I like being sensitive. I love the way I am, but I'm going to use it for me to turn around and say, I'm creating the intention to be valued, paid, enjoyed, adored because I'm this way. And if you're not on board, you're out of my life. And I am open to people who are only of the highest good like myself. And then we can just say, and I forgive myself for thinking anything else. And then when we're not mad and we're petting the dog or we're looking at our children or it's a pretty sunset, you say, oh, by the way, the party that God made, like the sunset, I send love and light and forgiveness too. But I, your ego, you're out. And what that is, is we just define no more, define more. And I feel, I mean, thank you for letting me go on this tirade, but it's, I really have felt this the last two years, and especially in women. I really, you know, I think, yeah, if you want to talk about, earthbounds and things. Yeah. Every time you're in an argument or every time you're with somebody, it isn't ghosty. It's just energy. Just like we can feel love when we pet our dog or we see our children or yeah, there's different dimensions or frequencies. It's like walking into music. You love music because it's a beat and you have to yeah. move your body. 
So your body feels the music and, and you have to kind of rock to it. And then your mind thinks of something. Then you get the endorphins. But the same thing is going on without you even consciously knowing it. And so we're affected by other people. Psychic people and all the spiritual healers are going, you're not walking or you're not healing or you're not. I can't stand them. That's not what I'm saying. But what it is, is it's just a mental choice and awareness to say, what can I do every day, a few seconds, maybe multiple times a day to remind myself of my worth and integrity and that I enjoy it and respect it. And now I value this and I expect this and just make a game of it or something else. And then every time we do, we just practice that. But when we start, and this is what I'm telling you, and I know I'm watching the clock because we got time. I didn't really want to, you know, read you when we, when I called you, you know, a while ago, but I think I told you, I can't even remember what I told you, but you are coming into something great. I hope so. You are. (laughs) And I'll tell you why, and this should inspire people, because you are hurt. Oh, yeah. And you are blindsided. Oh, yeah. And you'll go, yeah, you go and you carry the light, because let's just think about it. So, you know, instead of just like, oh, we're angels and we're fairies and, you know, um, I had an incident earlier today and I don't like, I don't like being challenged, you know, to be uh, mocked. You know, because I'll just turn into just every other word, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and forgive you. I will forgive you, and I will forgive myself, but the mommy bear me will go, there's a Marine Corps daughter in me that's like, let's go at it, you know? And I thought, God, I am his DNA. Like, let's just frickin', I feel a lot, let's just, nah. So I take all that energy and go, what is this energy? I was hurt like you. I was surprised. I was hoodwinked. I was disappointed. I'm sensitive. I'm fucking caring. I'm so goddamn nice to you or I go to work and I tolerate your shit and all this. And then we come home and, you know, don't deprecate and go, wait a minute. I have value. You don't. My value sounds like which ABBA song do you like? Dancing Queen or which, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, Pretty Young Thing or that song is triggering, that energy is triggering in someone else. I don't like you. I have to put you down. You're a shit. You're this. You're a, a racial slur. You're a woman. You're, you know, you're a twit. You're useless. You're this and that. It's triggering their own thing. So even intellectually, we know that. We know, well, that's their thing, but I have to go to work and I have to. But all we can do is say, hey, wait a minute. If I'm the light, and I'm going into a dark room. It only takes a little bit of light to go in the dark. I'm upset. So you can say, I'm a blue aura. I'm a woman. I'm all these things. I'm, I, I have codependent. I'm nurturing. Take the time you need to acknowledge it. Don't discard it. And then you say, you know what? I am in the zone. Because something so great It's going to happen because my light just expanded. And in fact, that person, that person or that (laughs) girlfriend of mine that used to be my friend and now you're like, what? Or neediness or whatever. Now that person is just a representation of that dark. So you just expanded. Your light is expanding and like attracts like and you will attract something 
but you have to have just a like another dime in the other pocket, the knowingness that I'm in the game. So I tell people, when you go and you do your affirmations or you do your expectations or you do things and you're hurt, call me or email, you know, I'll tell you, I cry, I get upset too. But at the same time, you are in the right zone because that's how it metaphysically works as you come along and something pushes you back. Now that ugh, it opens up. So it actually, but back to you, you have something. The other thing I could tell you that I can feel, um, you have a lot of motherly people around you and, um, you're not motherly like, I mean, you're a mother and everything. You're more like a tender, um, you're more like a nurse. I would never, I've had breast cancer recently. I've had so many offers. Miami has great medicine. I'm not saying, oh, poor woe is me. I'm just older and it's, it's fact, but damn, the medicine here is good. And the doctors and, and the Latin culture and the nurses. Why would I insult a nurse and say, why are you caring so much about me? It's like you feel more like a, like, thank you. In fact, I want to thank you for caring so much about me. But now I'm going to say, okay, if I'm like that, then I deserve to be recognized and heralded. And I'm going to be in that position. And I trust that I am. And I'm meant to be who I am. And I don't need to compromise. But I now claim this. And if we just practice saying that, we can't do that and then react to someone else at the same time. And if we do that a little bit more and more and we create that space and expect the opposition, we'll go, she said that, I would cry and get upset, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing the boundaries and I'm making them stronger and it's all about me. I'm making room for me and that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work to self-process. And I think that's the struggle is believing. I think a lot of it, you have to believe that you come first. There's a lot of people, like, I think I struggle with believing it's, I feel guilty if it's all about me. And I think that was instilled in me as a child. Think of everybody else. Don't think of yourself first. And then you start to feel like you're not worthy. And I think that's been the, the struggle. Yeah. So battle. You just say, I'm willing to release the need to be guilt, feel guilt. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we're out of time. <laughs> we'll do it again. We'll talk about yeah. something else. I love you, Krista. I admire you. I admire your courage and your tenderness and your willingness and your beauty. And I mirror and high five it in you as I do me. And I trust that everything comes to us easily and effortlessly and that we are corrected and atoned in all ways of time and that we are embraced and happy because of who we are and that we are acknowledged and and rewarded for it. Amen. Yes. So, yeah, thank you so much. I feel like this is a really good message. And I know a lot of people, they may not watch now, but they watch later and they and they all like this. You know, it's encouragement. Believe me. So thank you so much. I think we're going to be out of time any second because it's four o'clock. But I'm going to say bye and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye bye, sweetheart. You have been listening to the Confessions of a Clairvoyant Housewife podcast with intuitive expert, Cindy Goldenberg. To learn more or stay connected, be sure to visit www.cindygoldenberg.com.